Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to deal with pro-abortion advocates, especially at the abortion centers. And as always, we'll look at this from a biblical as well as a practical perspective. So stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Uh, we're going to co- cover a subject today that we hope will be helpful. And as oftentimes, we're going to come from the perspective that we are involved in on a regular basis, which is sidewalk counseling and being out in front of abortion centers. And this is a common issue that people are going to face. You could face this in other contexts, face this on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's basically dealing with people who oppose you. And in our context, it's pro-abortion advocates. Right. And how to handle that. You know, yeah. on the sidewalk, we have those folks that come mm-hmm. that uh, they call themselves clinic de- defenders and they come out to defend a woman's right to choose. Right. And I don't like to give them a whole lot of airtime. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was important for us to talk about this dynamic because, again, it's a dynamic that people deal with as sidewalk counselors in front of abortion centers. It's a dynamic we deal with on, on social media, too, as we're trying to share the truth about what abortion is. And, yeah. you know, we get our Facebook page on Cities for Life Charlotte, trolled by these pro-abortion people all the time. Even our personal pages sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. what kind of started this off mm-hmm. is uh, that some of the pro-abortion people have actually gotten on the reviews in this podcast. That's right, yep. And they've actually kind of trolled that and put mm-hmm. some some pretty nasty things out there. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage you guys who are listening to please, if you like this podcast, go on Apple iTunes and I'm not sure if the other podcast services let you do this, let you leave reviews, but Apple does. And those reviews do matter. Mm-hmm. At one time, we had five stars and some good reviews. Now we got four stars because these pro-abortion people have gone on there. Right. Um, not a big deal to right. me. But I want to encourage you guys, if you like this podcast, to go on and leave a comment. Let us know how you, you know, what you like about this. If you have suggestions like we often encourage you guys to do, certainly can reach out to me. We'd love to cover some subjects that maybe you guys have, have not heard us cover mm-hmm. and give you our you know unique perspective and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so so this was spurred on by um, the fact that these pro-abortion people have trolled our, our podcast reviews and even our Facebook pages. Yeah. And we thought that let's just springboard off of that. Yeah. We're, I mean, it's not like we haven't dealt with this stuff before, so it's not, it's not like we're taking personal offense. We understand these right. people have issues. We understand these people need the Lord. But we thought it would be a good an opportunity just to springboard off of this and share some wisdom with you guys right. from because, the Word and from our gonna experience. Because you're going to face it. You're yeah, going to face it. If absolutely. you're on the sidewalk, if you're any kind, in any kind of pro-life endeavor, even if it's just posting things on Facebook as a pro-life presence, you are going to face opposition. Yeah. And, and I think that there are ways that we can deal effectively with them and ways that are maybe not as effective and maybe even damaging to us as uh, people in the pro-life movement. So one of the things I thought of when, when we first started talking about this subject was the famous quote, know thy enemy. And okay. I, um, and I, I looked up, I, I, ne- I actually didn't know who said that. But everybody knows that quote. Well, so it's it's the Chinese general Sun Tzu. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his last name right. T C U. And he said, "Know thy enemy and know thy and know yourself. In a hundred battles, you will never be defeated. When you are ignorant of the enemy, 
but know yourself, your chances of winning or losing are equal. If ignorant both of your enemy and of yourself, you are sure to be defeated in every battle. So now I know he's he's not <laughs> our authority. Yeah, I mean, leave it to Vicky to uh, <laughs> to quote some commie <laughs> to uh, to help us understand the <laughs> biblical truth, but. The reality is, even a commie like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Right. right <laughs> so right. there is a dynamic there that he kind of spells out um, that we see in the scriptures. Yeah, let's look at Paul echoes the same sentiment in Second Corinthians two eleven. Second Corinthians two eleven. Second Corinthians two eleven. Should be turned there in my and, Bible. And while you're turning there, I mean, even you may want to just kind of briefly discuss well. Are they really our enemy? Enemy is a pretty harsh word. Yeah. And, and yet, so there's definitely two sides out there at, at every sidewalk of every abortion center. There's usually two sides. There's the so-called pro-choice people, which we're going to talk about that, yeah. that, that is not an honest expression of who they are. And then there's the, the people who are in support of the sanctity of life. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't say that at every abortion clinic that there is a pro-abortion presence. Mm-hmm. Um, but at many there are, and you're yeah. looking on social media and friends that are reaching out at abortion centers, there's, they have to deal with this. Some right. are more, uh, wicked than others. Right. Some right. are more vocal, via, yeah, vocal mm-hmm. and just uh, venomous than others. Yeah. Um, but they are our enemies in the sense that they're opposing us. Mm-hmm. They're opposing, um, the things that God has called us to, but there is this different dynamic. So when you use the word enemy. Mm-hmm. In a worldly sense, we're thinking this is somebody that we marginalize, this is somebody that we you know, physically do something to. This, In a Christian sense, your enemy is somebody that opposes you, mm-hmm. but you don't have a right in a Christian sense to do anything physical to them. You don't have a right in a Christian sense to just marginalize them. Yeah, we're in fact, it to, says love yeah, our enemies, Yeah, we're supposed right? to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to do good yeah. to those who do evil to us. Right. It's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We don't, we don't get to justify, um, certainly we can be angry, but we don't get mm-hmm. to justify any kind of violence or thoughts of violence. We don't want right. ill toward them. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if we love them, and we should, we should love our enemies. Right. To love someone is to desire the highest good. And so when I see these pro-abortion people out there, and I certainly do not like their presence, and, right. and they cause issues and, and whatever, and they're nasty and they're vile and all of that, mm. but I love them. And that doesn't mean I speak flowery to them all the time, but I want the highest good for them. Right. What is that? Well, that's that's coming to know the Lord as yeah. as their as their Eternal savior. Salvation. That's, that's right. I want them to that's know God. Right. Yeah. And I want them to be eternally saved. That's yeah. That's what I desire for them. Now, yeah. because I want that, I'm going to speak the truth to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to compromise the truth of the gospel. That's mm-hmm. the only way they're going to get saved. Yeah. And I'm not going to just, you know kind of gloss over some of the the ridiculous things that they say right we've got to confront evil right and, and all of that but let's go to this second uh, Corinthians 2 in verse 11 and it says lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices right yeah and there's a context there and Paul is talking about um, you know we we must know the truth we must mm-hmm. walk in the truth we must be aware of of the enemy, like that that commie guy you quoted, <laughs> right? <laughs> You've got right. to be aware of your enemy. General Sun, 
Yeah, and and my version says so that we would not be outwitted yeah. by Satan. So, uh, you know, and, and their goal is certainly to outwit us, to beat us at our game out there in a sense and make sure that we don't score. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and in their eyes, it's it's the, the saving of a baby, that if a baby is saved, they've lost, we've won. Yeah. And we know that's kind of ridiculous, of course. It's, it's God, utterly ridiculous. Wins, you know, it goes on in, here in the same book, Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 2, um, or Second Corinthians chapter four, actually, which we'll, we'll probably cover this right, we do in a little bit on. further. But yep. I want to just mention it now. Okay. Um, and it's whose minds. This is talking about people who don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it says whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glory or the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Right. Their yeah. hearts and their minds are darkened. They are right. lost. Now, let us not forget. That we were not born saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let us not forget that we too were at one time blinded by the God of this world, by the devil, right. and we were doing the devil's bidding. Maybe we weren't standing in front of an abortion clinic supporting abortion, mm-hmm. but we were doing other wicked things, mm-hmm. right? Even yeah. you yourself being invo- having an abortion, right? right? That's, that's right. sin. You were blinded by the God of this age. And so we can't forget where we came from. Yeah. If we start to just marginalize these people and not deal with them as human beings. Now, again, I don't mean that we that we don't marginalize their arguments. Their right. arguments are ridiculous. They're, right. they're based in all kinds of just political rhetoric. Basically. Well, they're and they're evil and godless. Yeah. And so we don't yeah. we don't validate their arguments. Right. But we can't just marginalize them as human beings and say that they don't matter to the Lord. They do matter to God. So yeah. hopefully we'll give you guys some principles that will help you. Um, and give you guys just some experience from from our perspective that will help you if you're dealing with these people at, at right. the abortion center where you minister. Yeah, how much to deal with them and specifically how to deal with them based on uh, on our experiences. So you already kind of touched on it as, as I was thinking through this, kind of preparing an outline of it. There were six major areas that presented themselves as as what I, I thought were, were good areas to talk about and how we deal with this group. But I think the first thing is I tend to be nice and call them pro-choice in quotation, yeah. air quotations, because that's what they want. But we specifically are not going to do that in it because, and why don't you explain why? Why well, are we not going to use know, that listen, term? <laughs> I, I, could be, I could be wrong. And I'm sure there's probably some pro-lifers out there, some abolitionist folks out there, some people who would disagree with me. And mm-hmm. please disagree with me. That's fine. Correct me. Send me an email while I'm wrong. Yeah. But I don't like to give the devil and his minions an inch. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we talk about being pro-choice, right? and when these folks t- call themselves pro-choice, what are we implying there? The word choice implies the availability of more than one option. Correct. Like at its very basic core uh, word meaning, yep. choice implies the availability of more than exactly. one option. Mm-hmm. Are these people... Is the abortion clinic that you know is supposed to be a woman's choice healthcare facility? There are even some of these abortion clinics that call themselves a woman's choice. Right? Are they offering any other options besides abortion? No, and in fact, they're they're hindering our ability to offer the choice for life to the very best of their ability, and they they often even cheer when when they are successful in keeping someone from stopping and taking our information or hearing our voices. So yeah. clearly, they. They're one choice, and that yeah. choice is the death of the yeah, child. Yeah, right, yeah. So if you yeah. only have one choice, mm-hmm. then you actually don't have choice. Right. 
right? And so that's why I would call them not pro-choice, but pro-abortion. Now, again, I'm sure there's some folks, because we do want to meet people where they are, we don't want to just come out immediately, just be offensive. But understand, and I get it, there's a context. If you're ministering to people, pro-choice-minded people on a college campus, you're going to meet them where they're at. You're going to you know, call them pro-choice because that's what they call themselves or whatever. But in the context we're ministering in, we just don't have a lot of time to beat around the bush. And I want them to understand that we know where they stand. And, you know, they call us pro-birthers. For me to call them (laughs) pro-abortion people is not just for me to just get back at them. Yeah, It's just the reality. And it's my experience. And uh, it's it's many people's experience that are standing out there. There's not they're not offering other choices. Right, right. So it's pro-abortion. So they're so that's what we're going to refer to them as a pro-abortion proponents or the pro-abortion opposition or something along those lines. And that's why I wanted to make that clear. That's why we're it's a conscious choice yeah. in in this podcast at least to refer to them that way. But the first thing which you already kind of touched on was know thy enemy. Mm-hmm. So in knowing thy enemy, understanding the mindset yeah. of of the opposition. That's c- the critical kind of first step. I, I just had a group of three new volunteers that I was training this past Monday, and one of them in particular just kept shaking his head. He could not take his eyes off of them, saying, why? They're so wicked. Why don't they understand? And he yeah. was, he was, he wasn't even listening to me as I'm trying to train him what to do that is very positive and uplifting and and helps these women because he was so focused on why, why, why yeah. are they, are they this way? So I thought it's good to address that first of all. Why are they this way? Yeah, yeah. What's what's going on in their mind that is? Um, well, I think the Bible addresses this issue, mm-hmm. and our experience addresses this issue. Mm-hmm. Again, we cannot forget who we were at one point. Right. And we can't forget what God brought us from. Yeah. That we were dead. This is biblical. Right. Okay? I'm right. not making this, this up. The, the Bible tells us four. that we are yeah. dead in our trespasses right. and sins. It tells us in Second mm-hmm. Corinthians that chapter 4 mm-hmm. and verse 4 that the God of this age has blinded their eyes. Those right. who don't know the Lord, their eyes are blinded. Yeah. They are blind. So, we now there, there's a balance here, and so I don't mean to convey that these people aren't responsible for their actions. I don't mean that, but the best analogy I can think of is you think about a person that's blind. You're not angry with them because they can't see. It's like why don't you open your eyes? Can't right. you see? Look right. what I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to show you a picture. Why can't you look at this picture? Right. They simply right. cannot. They're not equipped to see. They that's cannot right. understand. They cannot perceive the truth. Now, what has to happen? is God has to open their hearts, Mm -hmm. God has to open their eyes, and how does he do that? Well, primarily he does that through his word, right? right. That's why Mm -hmm. we can't neglect sharing his word, and I'm sure we'll get into some of this as as we progress in this podcast, but God's word, there's a temptation in us to argue from a a scientific perspective. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We Mm -hmm. should bring science into the equation. Science is just knowledge, and God has given us knowledge, Right. you know. So we can bring that into the equation, and, and I do. But we cannot neglect the Word of God, even if they reject the Word of God, which many right. of them did today as, as I was speaking right. on the microphone and right. as you were speaking some too. Right. They said, well, what if we don't believe in the Bible? I don't care what you believe. This is true, and I'm going to share it with you. Right, and that right? truth has power whether you believe in it or not. But from a worldly pers- perspective, th- they do make some pretty 
big sacrifices. They're out there, usually not as long as us, but yep. in, in nasty weather, they're out there pretty consistently. Well, why? No one makes a sacrifice unless they believe that it's worthwhile. So yep. they are defending what they believe is precious. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that we are defending yeah. what we believe is precious. So so bottom line, they they believe largely not not all of them, but but I would say probably most of them, at least the way that they rationalize um, being out there, they believe that this is not a human being, at least not a yeah. human being, a full human being worthy of rights. Yeah. And so the mother, the mother's needs and rights trumps that unborn child. Yeah, bodily autonomy is is kind of like the the mantra. Right. Bodily autonomy is the 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 chief thought and motivation there. Right. Right. And if you listen to the things that they say and the language that they use and some of, even some of the exchanges on Facebook, yeah. it's bodily autonomy. And so what we have to understand, just like what you said, when, mm-hmm. we're, when we're confronted with these people who are saying and doing some very evil things, right? and they are, and some are more vile than others, right. and, and even at our abortion clinic, there's some that are just completely vile, and there's some yeah. that are you know, kind of chill. You yeah, know? yeah. But what we have to understand is they, from their perspective— are trying to protect what's precious to them. Mm-hmm. Now it's twisted, it's perverted. Because if we boil it down, what are they trying to protect? Oh, a woman's right to murder her child. Right. That's a, what they're trying to protect. A woman's protect. right to choose what? To choose abortion, the dismembering yeah, to death choose to of murder an her child. Baby. So it's twisted. Yes. It's perverted. Mm-hmm. It's uh, tainted with the thinking of this world. It's it's saturated in the thinking of this world. Right. But we have to understand that to them, they're trying to protect what's precious to them, and in kind of the same way. So are we. Now, mm-hmm. our primary motivation is the Lord. We love him. We want to bring his gospel. So that's our primary motivation. Right. So it's not it's not so much what's precious to us, yeah. it's what's precious to God and therefore yeah. it's precious to exactly. us. Exactly. So we're there in a kind of a big picture way. Right. We're there to protect what's precious to yeah. the Lord, which is right. the value of human life, yeah. right? We're we're speaking the things that we're speaking, we're taking the stance that we're taking. Because we believe every human life has value. Now, of course, mm-hmm. these pro-abortion people, they'll accuse us of not caring about children after they're born. Right. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, if you've followed Cities for Life, you know that ain't true. Right. I mean, we go all, you know, over over the top sometimes, I think, in the ways that we help. And I don't think it's over the top. But you get what I'm saying. We do right. a lot mm-hmm. to go out of our way to help these moms and these babies and these families. And we've seen God do so many things. You guys have heard some of the testimonies, uh, Ebony's testimony, which is really powerful. Uh, yeah, and God's yeah. still still doing something oh, in her story amazing. in her yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll have her back on at some right. point. Yeah. But she's just one mm-hmm. among many, many, many other stories. So it's it's a lie to, to believe that we don't care about these women and these babies after they're born. Right. Um, rabbit trail a little bit on that. We're there to protect what is precious. They're there to protect what's precious yeah. to them. Yeah. Now, again, it's perverted, but we have to understand that. That's right. That's right. They, would, they certainly don't consider themselves evil. They, um, they believe that what they're doing is right. Um, at least at, at some level, yeah, or, yeah. or they would be It's a, be it's a noble there. thing in their eyes, That's and right. you know they put it on Facebook, and yeah. you know look where I was at today. I was defending the you know yeah. woman's right and all of that. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, that's the perspective they're coming from. We have to understand that, and in a certain sense, you have to meet people where they are right. and come with that understanding. Right. So that's that's the first thing. Right. Right. Uh, um, who was it? Rush Rush Limbaugh that says you can't expect a leopard 
not to wear it spots. You yeah. know, you're gonna yeah. and and so um, if if you understand they this is what they are, then I think it does help you to be there with them each day and not be filled with anger. This is yeah. way they are blinded. They don't know the Lord, and people who don't lo- lo- know the Lord are going to act like people who don't know the yeah, Lord. Yeah, it's par for the course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that leads kind of then to the the second big point, which is what is their motivation? And linked with that, are they all the same? Like we're kind of talking about them as though they're yeah. they're one monolithic group, but that's really not the case. No, and it, with any group, with yeah. any, you know, like all of us who are standing yeah. out there on the sidewalk, we're not— obviously all the same right now those who are christians and there are those who are, who are standing out there who claim to be pro-life who who aren't christians right and they cause problems yeah. and they have their different motivations mm-hmm. but those who are believers even within us who mm-hmm. love jesus god called us out there for different reasons some people are called out there out of kind of their past of having had an abortion mm-hmm. some people are called out there and god uses their past in my situation being a father at a young age, you mm-hmm. know, and God used that to springboard and to call me out there. So there's different right. motivations that we come with. And, of course, we understand that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, our motivation, chief motivation, has to be a love for God. And then right. out of that flows our, a love for our neighbor. Right, the, right. babies, right? And what is their motivation? If you were to name, like, their chief motivation, as and like I said, we know they're different, but they do probably share a fairly similar motivation. Yeah, I mean, I would say, again, it's that bodily autonomy thing right. Right, that we talked yeah. about first. That's that's a motivation. Right. I think some of it's uh, probably a, a chief motivation among that is like self-validation. Yeah. And yeah. some of these, if you talk to them for any amount of time, you'll find that they have abortion in their past. Right. They themselves have had abortions. Yeah. They're captivated by that sin. And misery loves company. Right. And they want to justify themselves. The more right. people that do, if you're doing something that you know is wrong, you're doing right. something evil— the more people that are doing that, the more you can justify. You think yeah. about it. Yeah, you I know? think that's everybody's absolute, doing it. Absolutely <laughs> true. I I agree with that. And um and in in terms of the different kinds of groups out there, I've talked with many of them over the years, and you know there are some that say, well, I I don't believe abortion is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I myself would never have one, but I can't make that decision for other people, so I'm supporting. Yeah someone else's right to choose abortion. Yeah. Some of them will say abortion is is good in the first trimester because they again they they don't think that unborn child as as a human being yeah. or as a baby or whatever. And then there's some that will support it all the way through to the moment of birth, some beyond. Yeah. Um on you know for any reason. So Yeah, I mean to me and we did a podcast I mean, a long time ago, mm-hmm. last year sometime, about mm-hmm. this this subject about bodily autonomy and that sort right, of thing. Right. But to me, the only consistent way, the only consistent argument you can have if you're talking bodily autonomy is you have to believe that abortion is okay up to birth. Right. Like there's no... Right. If you're talking bodily autonomy, and many of them will say, you know, I'll give to you that a baby in the womb, that a fetus is alive, right. but its rights don't trump the life of the mother. And that's the bodily autonomy argument kind of boiled down very simplistically. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then if its rights never trump the rights of the mother, then she can kill it up until birth, right? And why not beyond birth? Honestly, if you take that, well, I guess bodily autonomy, it, it, once it's exited her yeah. body, then that argument well, you've ends. you've got but. folks in, in this vein, these mm-hmm. pro-abortion folks, who are 
you know, population control sort yeah. of people. And yeah. I don't say that as some conspiracy thing. I've literally had some of the pro-abortion people tell me that yeah. we need abortion because we've got to control the population. Yeah. And the natural outflow of that is, well, then if a child is born that has fetal abnormalities, it has issues, it has mm-hmm. things that are going on, then why, as we as a society, why should we put resources into that person when we can just go ahead and snuff their life out before they're, you know, they're, a year old or yeah. whatever. I mean, there yeah. are pro-abortion people without kind of getting sidetracked with that yeah. that do make those arguments. Right. Now, I don't believe that the majority of these people think that way. Right. And, you know, the reality is that many of them, once you walk through their arguments and things they say, they're not really thinking a whole lot anyway. Right. Because yeah. a lot of the motivation, which is why we see uh, an increase in pro-abortion presence at abortion clinics during election years, mm-hmm. a lot of the motivation is political motivation. Correct. They didn't give a rip about women's rights until a couple of months before an election was coming yeah. you know and yeah. so that's that's a reality too yeah yeah but i so i think it helps to to think about that to think about their motivation and and understand kind of what makes them tick in in a general vein but we are in stark contrast in terms of what our motivation is and and we've talked before about probably one of our favorite guiding verses in the Bible, which is Proverbs 31, 9, yeah. which is open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And that's why we're there. Yeah. We are opening our mouth. We are filled with the righteousness of God, not our own righteousness. And we are able to make a judgment based on that, yeah. on, on that this is wrong. And we are going to speak against this evil. And yeah. that, that, that is certainly, I think, a gospel centered motivation absolutely biblical gospel centered yeah right so um so going then the next step from motivation would be okay now we understand kind of get a sense of the mindset we understand the motivation now what are their goals out there because i think it helps to think about what are their goals and then how do they achieve them yeah well we've got and you've written a, a wonderful article like you do a lot Thank you. Um, we've got some motivations here. We've got some uh, mindsets here that we've talked about that you talk about in this article. And then sort of how do they achieve these right. these goals that right. they have? Right. And we kind of have said the main goal, their main goal is the right of choice. That has yeah. become their God, really, the right of choice. Yeah. They don't yeah. really go beyond choice for what, but the right of choice. And then, then we get into... Um, We've got great alliteration here. Yeah, you know how we, I love we that. We love that, yeah. <laughs> so we've got how many Ds? We've got five? a bunch of Ds. I think we have one, two, three, four. So five things that we believe are kind of the main methods by which they attempt to achieve that goal. So we're the enemy in their eyes also. Yeah. And and they have methods by which they are going to disarm. Ooh, another D. Yeah, the, it is. <laughs> Another method by which they're going to disarm the enemy. and And these can be... They can be devastating, yet another D, yeah. um, especially for a new counselor. Absolutely. So if we know these methods, we name these methods, we look for these methods, I think it helps us, like that Chinese general said, to be able to fight against these methods yeah. and to win that, that battle. Yeah, knowing these methods and then mm-hmm. uh, quoting the commie general again, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> knowing ourselves yes. and knowing yeah. how we react yeah. And again, it's it's knowing in the light of God's truth and God's word, knowing our own hearts, right. which our own hearts can be deceitful. Yeah. And so we be careful not to follow our own hearts and not to follow the ways of the world. 
um, when we're dealing with these things. Yeah. And again, we're encouraging you guys because if you're out in an abortion center, you're going to face these things. And we did a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. We talked about these three parables. If you mm-hmm. haven't listened to that podcast, you got to listen to it, mm-hmm. especially that last one where we talk about swatting flies. Yeah, and this is right this in line is with exactly, that. Yeah. And so exactly. one of the first things, the first D's we have here that they are doing is distracting. Yeah. They want to distract us. They're they trained. Wanna, yeah. They're trained to distract us. Yeah. They. That's kind of what they're... So at our abortion clinic, just so you guys kind of understand the layout here, there are two pro-abortion groups that are there. Right. And I think they're really one group, but they separate themselves over, you know, because of these two different methods of, mm-hmm. you know, counteracting our efforts or whatever. Right. And one of them is the clinic escorts. So mm-hmm. they're the ones who walk the women from the door of their car to the door of the abortion clinic with mm-hmm. an umbrella to cover them. And they try to play music to drown us out and that sort of thing. So right. those are the escorts. And then you have the clinic defenders. Is what That's they call what themselves. they call themselves. Yeah. yeah. So they're the people that are out at the road. They hold up signs that says clinic entrance this way to point people in because mm-hmm. the driveway is not always clear to people. Right. They try to counteract our efforts by even sometimes getting between, if a car stops for us, getting between us and the vehicle so we can't approach that vehicle and give them literature and talk with them. Yeah. And so one of their methods, though, is to distract us, to get us in conversation. And I'm telling you, I've had conversations with these people and some of them can be productive conversations. I've had some fairly productive conversations because mm-hmm. for me, from my standpoint, I want to understand where people are coming from. I genuinely do. People interest me. I'm yeah. I'm a I'm yeah. I'm interested in people and the way mm-hmm. they think and mm-hmm. not that I want to get into their psyche or anything weird like that, but I like to understand the perspective people are coming from, yeah. how they think, how they tick. And uh it's interesting to me. Yeah. So I've had yeah. many conversations with these people and some of them, again, have been productive, and some of them have been just plain distractions. Yeah. Where you're talking about who knows what you're talking about, everything under the sun, mm-hmm. and you, you learn pretty quickly that their goal has been to distract me. Yeah. And I feel like, and I told you before we started this podcast, that the Lord is not happy when I have la- allowed myself to be distracted in some fruitless conversation with these people, and a woman walks into the door of that abortion clinic without being addressed, without... Right. Being able to hear, and that has happened, sadly, yeah. Yeah. where I've been engaged with one of these pro-abortion people and maybe even gotten a heated argument with him. That's another trap. We talked about that mm-hmm. in that podcast mm-hmm. about swatting flies. Yep. Uh, but even if I'm just in a conversation with him and a, and a woman pulls into the driveway and doesn't get an opportunity to get literature, she walks into the door of the abortion clinic, doesn't get an opportunity to hear the truth and the resources that we're offering, we have failed. Because yeah. God didn't call us to the abortion clinic to reach pro-abortion people. Right. He Valuable as they are. They yeah. have value like every human right. being. God, God loves them. He yep. would save them in an instant if they yep. returned to him. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, you know, they're getting more gospel just being out there, just listening to what we're saying to the moms going in. They're hearing more gospel than most people in the world will ever hear. Right. So they get it by osmosis anyway, right? right. Just being there. Yeah. But, yeah, we can't let them get us distracted and and talking about things that just don't pertain because that's what they want to do. Don't pertain to why we're there. Yeah. And then miss the opportunity to address an abortion-minded mom going in there. They're not on the priority list as far as addressing people at the abortion site. Right, right. Because we're not speaking for those unborn at that point. Really, no one is. And so another thing that they are trained to do is to discredit us, to, to, to distract us and then discredit us and to say that, 
what we're saying are lies, that what we promise we are not going to do. Yeah. Um, they'll discredit us because of our background. I've heard them say, you had an abortion. What gives you the right to speak? Yeah. And it takes various forms, but it happens all the time. Yeah. They are busy trying to um, have the moms question whether they should trust us or yeah. not. Yeah. It, and it does boil down to the An issue of trust. An example of this is yes, it does absolutely boils down to the issue of trust. Yeah. An example of this is they used to have signs, which I haven't seen them hold these signs in a while, but they still say this that the R V, the mobile ultrasound unit that we have there is a fake a fake R V R V right. fake clinic right. fake and we whatever. Show fake pictures that yeah. just still floors me <laughs> yeah yeah the one guy yeah. i think i shared this on a previous podcast right. where the guy said we show them squirrel fetuses yeah how that would serve us i don't know yeah. but <laughs> no idea but hey and so yeah they want to discredit what we're saying they want to discredit us even as human beings you know they've mm-hmm. personally attacked you they've personally oh, yeah. attacked me yeah and you know even like my story being a father at 17 mm-hmm. years old and just how god use that situation to turn my life around. They try to discredit me on that, you know, and and just use all kinds of just wicked language to try to describe my past and all of that. Yeah. And the goal is, again, to discredit. Exactly. The things I read that moms have written to me, I read it right from the text from the mom, and they say, you're lying. Yeah. And, you know, there is nothing you can do when that happens, when you're being discredited like that. It is kind of my word against your word, except just keep speaking truth. Just keep speaking truth. One of the things that I do, if, and again, you cannot let these people be a focus. Right. right. You cannot be, you know, we're able, we have the uh, awesome gift of being able to use amplified sound here in yeah. Charlotte. We have yeah. a private property mm-hmm. with a partner ministry, Love Life, next door to the abortion center. We can sit up there. We can have it pretty loud. Yeah. And so it's a gift for us to be able to broadcast what we're saying there. Yeah. And there are times today mm-hmm. I let this pro-abortion agenda be a focus, and I, and I, I, don't, I, I didn't let it be an unnecessary focus. It, it was good, and I springboarded off of that into... You know, are you going to trust the pro-abortion agenda? Are you going to trust the Lord? Right. So it was all good. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, that I do in order to counteract that discredit is I just tell the truth. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I just I just tell the truth. I don't embellish the truth. Yeah. I don't try to make it sound more than it is. Yeah. And then I encourage people who are listening, and I'll say this often, don't take my word for it. Exactly. So, so today, for example, exactly. I was talking about... The abortionist, right? Dr. Ron Vermani and his yeah. track record as being arrested for rape and mm-hmm. his racist comments that he made and stuff like that, which are public. Yeah, they're all you public. can find them. You can go on YouTube and mm-hmm. find it. And I say, don't take my word for it, please. Don't right. take my word for it. Look on your smartphone. Right. And that's one of the ways that you can counteract that. Yeah. And when we're talking about you know, when does a, a baby's heart begin to beat? Mm-hmm. Don't take my word for it. Right. Look on your smartphone. You can look it up yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. in this day and age, you can't get away with embellishing on the truth without people checking up on it, right? right. And so yeah. we encourage people yeah. to check up on it. If what I'm saying is a lie, then show me. And that's yeah. one of the things I will do if I do exchange with these pro-abortion people, and I do from time to time right. when it's appropriate, is that, you know, they call us liars. They say you tell people lies. And I'll ask yeah. them, please, share with me one lie. Yeah. One lie that I tell people or in, in our brochure. They say your brochure is a bunch of lies and propaganda. 
and I'll hand them one of our brochures and say, please, just circle what in this brochure is a lie. Please circle it for me. And Because right. genuinely, I do want to know. I don't want to be giving people misinformation. If we're telling a lie, we want to know. Yeah, please, right. take the brochure, yep. circle whatever in there is a lie, mm-hmm. and I will do whatever I can to correct it. Do they ever circle anything? Of course of not. Of course not. No. 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 Um, yeah, well, today was great because uh, you played over the microphone the, um, the audio of Dr. Vermani saying uh, that he didn't want to support those ugly black babies yeah. on, on welfare. And, and that did, this was a group of young, new pro-abortion people, and they were silenced yeah. by that because they're just, when you play the truth and it's audible, there just is really nothing you can say. Yeah. It's awful yeah. the, what yeah. he did and said. So, yeah, so they, they want to distract, they want to discredit, they want to demoralize. Yeah, they, they want and, and, you know, they can be effective, especially with new volunteers. I have had new volunteers start crying because they are so, they, they, a lot of name calling, yeah. um, a lot of bad, bad language, and a lot of personal attacks on your dress, on your age, on your looks. It's just, it, it can be really demoralizing yeah you know with without them even in the equation Mm -hmm. if you've ever been to an abortion center you'll know exactly what i'm talking about you're Mm -hmm. in a spiritual battle and you can feel the spiritual warfare right and again that's without these people in in the equation you're at an abortion center you can feel the demonic presence and all of that and so it's already a battle it's already difficult when you add these people to the equation yeah and then they're saying some of the I mean, really, it makes me laugh, but I can understand how people who are new can get demoralized right. and get deflated um, because it is like personal attacks. Yeah. You know, they were making fun of my shoes today. Yeah. I think they were making fun. Of, they they called you Icky Vicky. Icky right? Vicky is the new, <laughs> yeah, all over Facebook. And the thing is, I laugh too, but I remember when I was new, I didn't laugh. Yeah, uh, you, sure. But you learn to, I think, you learn to to realize this is, it's not really me. Of that, course. That they're battling. Yeah. I mean, they're that's really... one of the things that we say in our training. Yeah. When you've got people, you know, angry people who are there for an abortion right. or pro-abortion people or whoever you've got, security guards, whatever, don't take it personal. Right. Because it's not personal. It's not about you yeah. necessarily. They just want to demoralize you, and it's really, they, they hate what you stand for yeah. in their minds. In, yeah. in their minds, you stand for everything that's wrong with the world. You right. know, you're like a, a little representative of Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the way they see. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. But that's the way they see it, mm-hmm. and so they're attacking that, and really what they're attacking is a straw man. Yeah. Right, so it's yeah. a caricature they've built up in their own minds. That's just not true. Right, and ultimately they're attacking God and His yeah. message because they're in so much rebellion against God. So the next D is that their their goal is to discourage. Yeah. Um, because if they think if they just attack enough that they will discourage us and and we won't come out there, they've been proven wrong on, yeah. on <laughs> that we've been out there how long a long long time you deal. know and um just about every hour that the abortion center is open so um and then all the the last d is to defend their own lives and choices you touched on that earlier yeah that yeah, they're trying to defend and rationalize right trying to rationalize trying to justify mm-hmm. and trying to make themselves feel better about their sinful lifestyle right. whatever you know but it is yeah. ultimately boils down to self-justification yeah yeah and again you can understand because they're lost and they're not justified through the only means of justification there there actually is, which is Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Right. They've not been justified, so 
they have to justify themselves. Yeah. And again, it's understandable if we can see from their perspective. And at one time, you were not a Christian. <laughs> one time, you were not born again. You were not justified by faith in Jesus Christ. So you were in their shoes at one time. So we have a unique thing going on here yeah. is that we have the ability to see from both perspectives. Yeah. Now, I don't mean that we can see all together from their perspective and all of that because they, yeah. they're different life experiences and stuff. But there are really two perspectives in, in the Bible. There's this perspective of the lost, the world, mm-hmm. and then there's the perspective of those who are born again. Right. And we can see from those two perspectives because yeah. we at one time were lost. Well, they're in darkness and we're in light. Yeah. For one thing. And darkness, you don't see in darkness, but you right. do you do see in light. And and I think this goes back to that very first point that we made about know your enemy, know not only your enemy, but know yourself. The negative of ourself is that the, our heart is deceitful above all else who can know it. But the positive is we have the Holy Spirit indwelled yeah. within, in every believer, indwelling every believer. And that Holy Spirit is what gives us that light, that yeah, knowledge absolutely. and truth and righteousness. Yeah, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately, desperately wicked. Who can know it? But the Lord, right? When you're a Christian, when right. you're lost, you don't know it. You're right. blind. When you're a Christian, you can know what your heart is like because yeah. you have the Holy Spirit. You've got That's the right. Lord by His Spirit in you, and you can look and see. Here's where I'm off, and here's where here's where you know I'm good. Yeah. People that are lost can't see that. Right. And so we have, again, we had, that's an understanding we have to have. Yeah. So, so that, that I hope helps just knowing these are their goals and the methods that they use. And, and now once you know them, hopefully you can be aware of them. And if you're aware, you are able to move beyond them. And we, so we found a Psalm yeah. that, that we just, um, we both read it and thought, wow, this, this just really describes in our eyes what we see from the pro-abortion crowd. Yeah, so do yeah. you have that, that Psalm I do, Psalm 10, 10 4 through 11. 4 through right. 11, yeah. Now, again, this this biblical language is the Bible. So right. if you have problems we're with some of the things this. that this are said, this is what the Bible yeah, says. <laughs> yeah, then you got problems with, with God's word. But again, when we're talking about enemies, and we're talking about wicked people, we're not using those terms just to demean them and say they don't have value. They do. We were wicked at one time. Right. God's mercy was shined on us. They're wicked. God's mercy will shine on them if they'll repent and put their trust in him. Yeah. But here's what the Bible says. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. His ways are always prospering. Your judgments are far above, out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he sneers at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places, he murders the innocent. Mm. His eyes are secretly fixed on the helpless. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He catches the poor when he draws him into his net. So he crouches and he lies low, that the helpless may fall by his strength. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see. And we know he will see it, but I Absolutely. do think that they they have told us, the pro-abortion group, that they don't believe in God and they don't care. Yeah, yeah. But I actually did today on, on the microphone, I did a show of hands. I, right, I, I that was this. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I did that because, you know, you've got people in the abortion center parking lot who are waiting on their appointments. Right. And many of those people, listen, statistically, yeah. like it or lump it, statistically, the vast majority of people, especially here in the South, that are going to an abortion center would claim to be Christians. Yes. At least have some kind of faith. Right. So these are people who have some kind of faith who would likely be offended 
if you told them you didn't believe there was a God, right? right? They would probably defend, and I've talked to a lot of them there, and I know they would they would defend the idea that there's a God, and they would think you're you're stupid if you don't believe in God. Right. So what I did is I kind of used that knowledge that I have about that and the knowledge that I have about these pro-abortion people, and I wanted to show a contrast. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with trust. It has to do with I want them to trust what I'm saying is true, not just because it's me, but because it's coming from God's Word and, and they can check these facts and out. Because our goal is if they trust us, they will choose life yeah, rather than yeah. death for their child. So I wanted them to see a contrast. Right. And so I said, I want a show of hands of all you are standing out here who is an atheist. And all of the pro-abortion people raised their hands. All of them. And I springboarded off that and said, many of you sitting in this parking lot waiting for your abortion believe in God. Mm -hmm. Please see that the people that that, that ushered you into the driveway, that tried to block you from hearing what we were saying, that tried to stop you from getting our literature, that these people are godless individuals. They don't know God. And the God that many of you claim to belong to they hate, yeah. and they hate even the idea of him. So I was doing a little contrast there, and I think yeah. it can be helpful to do mm-hmm. that. Again, not letting these people be the focus, because right. if we let them be the focus, then we've basically fallen into the trap. Exactly, that and so that, that goes into the next main point, how should we respond? And that is a hard question. I think you've touched on it. Now, you did take some time while you were on, on the microphone. Uh, we had already spoken to all the women who were pretty much were already inside the building, and, and so we knew that they had heard us at, at, as they went in. And we had a fairly decent-sized team out there yeah. stretched uh, across the sidewalk. But you made a choice at that point. I'm going to speak really directly kind of to those pro-abortion people, but you also did connect that with, with what the mothers needed to hear who were inside the building. But we deal with that as we're out on the sidewalk. We, we know they're our, our enemy, they're God's enemy, and they need the gospel. But how should we respond? Should we be spending our time speaking to them or and sharing the gospel with them ignoring them what what should we what should we do well i think in line again with that podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago with the three parables and that final uh, parable about getting distracted and swatting flies you know that's that's wisdom from the lord that we can't let these people be our focus right because you know if you're out there especially when there's kind of like a lull in the day and there's not a lot of ability to interact with abortion-minded women going into the abortion center and these people are loud and they're belligerent, you can just, because you're bored and you don't have anybody to talk to, yeah. you can start getting in a conversation with them and you'll find, like maybe traffic picks up at the abortion center mm-hmm. and you're focusing a conversation with them and you get distracted from why you're really there. Yeah. So, you know, understand, if you're in, there in front of the abortion center and there's just you and some pro-abortion people and yeah. you feel like, well, I don't have anybody to talk to, may as well talk to this person. Right. Well, you do have someone to talk to. Yeah. You can talk to the Lord. Yeah. You can be in prayer. Yeah. You can be praying for those moms that are in that abortion center. You can be praying for those that are sitting in their cars. Y- you just can't let yourself get distracted with these people. Right. That does not mean, however, at least in my experience, that you just ignore them altogether. They can be appropriate times mm-hmm. to talk to them. Mm-hmm. They need the gospel. And if there's, you know, I'll tell you just from experience, though, a little bit of a word of caution. If they're in a group together, if there's like three or four of them, you're just better off not engaging. Right. But if you can have a one-on-one conversation with one, it's like mm-hmm. that whole you know, group think dynamic that's there. You're, yeah. you're not going to make any headway. I can almost tell you 100% of the time, you're not going to make headway if you talk to them in a group. But if you have right. a one-on-one conversation, there's an opportunity for that in such a way that you're not going to get distracted from why you're there to reach yeah. those women, to save babies and preach the gospel. Then 
yeah, you can have a one-on-one con- one conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, and and that tension I think about: do I talk? Do I ignore? Is is again a biblical tension? The Bible clearly tells that we are called to warn those who oh, are absolutely. wicked yeah. and uh, and on a wicked path. A great example of that is Ezekiel thirty-three. Yeah, verse. Uh, we'll just do eight. If I say to the wicked, "O wicked one, you shall surely die," and you do not speak if you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way that wicked person shall die in his iniquity but his blood will be required at your hand so we yeah. are we are called to account if we don't warn but on the other hand the bible warns us against fruitless discussion yeah. as in matthew 7 6 don't give to dogs what is holy do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot so um so th- that tension is there, but but I think it's so important, and our previous podcast really talked about it. What is the main thing? Keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing for our ministry is speaking for the unborn, and really that should be our focus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's how we overcome all of yeah. those deeds. Well, you know, that in they, that, that Matthew chapter 7 passage, yeah. it actually goes on to say mm-hmm. not only will they trample the pearls underfoot, but it says they'll turn around and tear you up, too. Right. So you have okay. to be careful. If you're yeah. going to engage with a group of these pro-abortion people, yeah. you're going to find that they're not just going to trample what you're saying underfoot when you're sharing with them about the love of God yeah. and Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection and all of that. You're sharing about abortion and the violence that abortion commits. Not only are they going to take those truths and just cast them underfoot. Right. But a lot of times they're going to come around and tear you up, right? Right, and you, you, yeah. you're going to suffer loss yourself. So yeah. God will give us wisdom sometimes mm-hmm. just to ignore them, and that is my primary method of dealing right. with these people. Right, and that so is what know. we train just our most them. of our yeah. most of our new, especially new counselors, but really all our counselors in in general. We we say it is truly best to ignore them. Yeah, and I know we've gone on a long time. There's one last one. Can we coexist? And if if so, how? And so I'm going to read a proverb, so maybe yeah. maybe you can talk about that in in the light of that question. Okay. So Proverbs sixteen seven, I think, paints a beautiful picture of harmony, which finally develops between the enemies of God. Which ultimately, I mean, we do want harmony. We don't yeah. want to ever compromise with evil, but we also don't want to destroy harmony yeah, that we is don't possible. Want constant contention. We're supposed to be know? peace, yeah. people of peace. So so that proverb says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace yeah. with him. I think there's a couple of really important like Yeah, absolutely. We I'll just us. share a personal story. Mm-hmm. Um you remember some years back, um one of the pro abortion ladies who was really vile and really difficult um yeah. I don't say her name, but she I think was a, they even kicked her out, didn't they? Yeah, they were, the, yeah. the abortion clinic yeah. ended up getting her. She was rid too her. much even for them. Yeah, and <laughs> let me tell you, she was a formidable foe. She was. <laughs> she was a real hindrance. Yeah. yeah. And there was a point, though, however, as I was praying for her and praying, you know, what the Lord would have me to do. Should I, should I just ignore her completely? Should I continue to speak truth to her? And it's like the Lord said, well, buy her something. Yeah. Buy her. And what I ended up now. Listen, guys, I don't I don't deal with Starbucks. It's a wicked company. Right. But I did overhear her talking to one of the, her pro-abortion friends about how she really liked something from Starbucks. Yeah. And I said, Lord, is it okay that I compromise this standard <laughs> to bless this woman <laughs> and just see what God does? Okay? Right, right. So I did. I was, mm-hmm. Actually, I was driving the mobile ultrasound unit that Saturday, uh-huh. and I stopped by Starbucks on the way to the abortion clinic, got her a, a card, um, a gift card. Yeah. And gave it to her. Uh-huh. And this woman, 
who's normally vile and, and really a wicked person, yeah, gives me a hug, which wow. I felt really uncomfortable, to wow. be honest with you. Yeah. And this is, this is some years ago, but I'm, okay, uh, you know, okay. <laughs> he makes even his enemies to be at peace. Yeah. And there was a sense of peace after that. Right. Now, ultimately, uh, sadly, she kind of went back into her old ways. Right. But there was a, a bridge yeah. that was kind of stretched across that chasm for that moment for that moment yeah. for actually and a couple a of weeks right okay. now yeah. i did not in any way there were there were, there was no way she could misconstrue that as right. me being okay with her stance right because she knew where i stood right and i did not compromise truth mm-hmm. you know what sometimes the way to somebody's heart is through their stomach right <laughs> and i blessed her and it it brought peace through an act of kindness through and the, an act of kindness the one that i remembered that that you did um i think it was you that spearheaded spearheaded that there was a another very very vile uh pro abortion person who uh i think was kicked out from the group yeah. and and she wanted to go home and home was far away like yeah. across the country and she didn't have the funds to get home and we raised the funds yeah, we caught wind of a GoFundMe that she had right. out there somehow mm-hmm. i don't know the yeah. lord i guess orchestrated yeah. that yeah. but yeah it was pro-choice or pro-choice pro-life people that rallied around that right. and we said and I guess it was kind of like a win-win, right? So we're going to give a lot of money. Send her as far away as possible. But it was out of kindness. It we wasn't, that this, wasn't the motivation. This the motivation was, going was kindness. going to be a kind act towards an enemy. And who knows where it may lead? Because ultimately, again, our goal is that she would turn to the Lord. And if she sees the kindness of his people, maybe she will. Yeah. Well, one of the comments in that GoFundMe, you know, you, you can put comments there. Um, or it's like on her Facebook or something. It was like, wow, I can't believe this. She was She was taken aback. Right. By the fact that these pro-lifers rallied around and gave money to help her to get with her family where she wanted to go. So, you know, the Lord uses that kind of stuff and the Lord can give you wisdom and the Lord can give you grace to reach these people, to bridge that divide. Again, without getting distracted, without getting off course, because that's what they want to do. Those D's that we talked about. Yeah. They want to discourage, distract, dis what? What's the what's the uh, other? D- uh, d- I, I demoralize, demoralize, <laughs> defend their defend. their point of view, and you know we've talked about all of these negatives of of them being out there, but I think we, I, we always love to end on a positive, and yeah. and this is something that I discovered in all of my years out there. Maybe you've discovered it as well. Is that I I no longer necessarily look at them as opposition, but kind of almost as an opportunity, mm-hmm. an opportunity to um to first of all learn to focus more clearly on God and and on our mission. And when they raise a point, sometimes they honestly do raise good points. And yeah. when they do, to and I don't know the answer. I don't know how to defend my faith in that particular instance to go home and learn more. That has happened countless times. Yeah, absolutely. And it has never harmed my faith it has always increased my faith and i think that that principle is in count it all joy when you encounter trials yeah. in the book of james because because that brings us to a greater understanding of god and and closer to god and so i think that that's a good perspective for it it took me many years to to gain that but i think it's useful for other counselors probably as well or it could be that if you look at what you're facing when you're facing these people making fun of you trying to distract you whatever look at it you look at it as an opportunity that god has set before you to to show the peace of god and to show your focus on what god has called you and to remain faithful to that 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that, we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. We appreciate you guys listening. We hope this podcast was a blessing to you. We hope that you, again, will leave a review um, to help counteract some of the, the pro-abortion trolls that have put their reviews out on our podcast. But uh, we want you to reach out to us, too. If there are subjects that you want us to cover, if there are things that you had issues with as we talk through this podcast or struggles that you personally have in ministry and stuff like that, we'd certainly be willing to help you. We'd certainly be willing to um, encourage you or whatever. But you can reach out to me, dparks at citiesforlife.com. Her is vcasiorg at citiesforlife.com. You can go to our Sidewalks for Life website, sidewalks4life.com. We're actually going to put this article out, mm-hmm. um, and so it should be out there when this podcast rolls out. So we appreciate you guys listening. Until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you